Welcome back to Survive and Thrive, a podcast that brings you stories and perspectives on how in changing times, leaders and organizations can not only transform to survive, but also thrive. I am your host and founder of Vincinity, Jennifer Ayers. We're kicking off our podcast series featuring 19 stories and perspectives on how COVID-19 has created an imperative for change and what leaders and organizations are doing to respond to that change. Today, my guest is an executive at Johnson & Johnson, Boss Schwartz. Boss is not only a seasoned HR professional, but he's a professional in leading the people agenda. What I mean by that is he is an expert in change management, and he has a variety of HR leadership roles in his background and so has lots of experience navigating teams through change. I was eager to talk to Boss today because as the pandemic has reinforced one thing, there is always something we can count on in life that won't change. That is, that change will happen. So I wanted to speak to a change management professional who knows firsthand the benefit of being proactive about developing sustainable change programs that position companies and organizations to quickly pivot when the market or other pressures require it. But for the moment, I'll let Boss tell you a little bit more about himself and his background and the role he plays today. Thank you, Jennifer. Yes, so my name is Boss Fart. Um, I'm currently the Global Change Management and Communication Lead at Johnson & Johnson for our global services business. I am uh, indeed uh, multiple years in HR. And actually, for me, the pivotal point was move to change management when I started to realize that yeah, my key purpose is really to, yeah, to think about the unthinkable and make that happen. And that makes me tick every day. I love that Boss said his job is to think about the unthinkable. What a relevant phrase for this past year. Boss tells me what everyday life was like for him before the unthinkable happened. Yes, indeed, indeed. And it is only a year ago, but it feels like five, six years ago. What was my typical business day? I think like many of us, a combination of travel, meeting with those people that I work with on a day-to-day basis, and doing these kind of calls during Zoom or through Teams. Typical was, you know, solving the issues on day-to-day. So we had a lot of change management journeys that were going on. Transformation, small, big, uh, discussing with my team how to allocate resources, what was the best approach but also thinking about what is the next phase of of global services. But we were really at the early days. And then it happened, right? The pandemic hit hit us. I just want to take a moment to discuss what Boss was actually doing before the pandemic. What did change management look like before the greatest change of our lives? How did Boss approach his profession of change? And how has that altered since the pandemic? My belief is that Change management is an art and a science. During the the pandemic, we even needed more the the art, be creative and flexible, but more important, I think the art is where we as individuals, change practitioners, really make a difference in these kinds of extraordinary times, right? I remember well, like I said, that the pandemic hit us and I think it started for us really when we saw the, the first signs in China, of course, with our business located there and that we started to see the implications of the of the pandemic. The first thing that we actually started to do is take a look at our credo, because that is our North Star in, in Johnson & Johnson. 
first step we took as an enterprise is taking care of our people. Is everybody safe? Are we able to go after everybody and see if everybody is safe, but also families are, are safe? Were people uh, ready to support their families in this very difficult time? And I think that was the beauty of that is the beauty of the credo is that it gives you that guidance. But also quite soon, we started to realize that this was here to stay. This was not something that just happens overnight and, and it's gone after a few months, like a regular crisis. We also started to realize that the impact would be much more profound and deeper. And that comes back to that piece of the art in change management. I brought my team together and we started to brainstorm actually what is needed from us, you know, besides our role that we have on a day-to-day -day basis. What is expected from us as individuals in these times of pandemic, but also as change management practitioners? We did a few things actually to, uh, to support it, but it all started with a clear guidance at a global level. And we started to mobilize all our communication and change management resources to build, as we call it, a J&J &J response so that we gave guidance to everybody in the organization on how to act where to raise questions and help people understand what is that one place you go to to have all your questions answered. So as the virus was sweeping across the world, Johnson & Johnson needed an efficient and fast response. But what did Boss and his team contribute as part of that response? As a global company, Johnson & Johnson started seeing the impact of the virus pretty early on from their offices around the world. Boss tells me what he and his team did to help in the J&J &J response. A few things happened there. We opened our communication channels. Of course, there is always BCP plan or a crisis management plan available when something hit us. But we figured out quite soon that that was not enough. Most of the time, those crises happen in one particular place in the organization. For example, our hub in Manila, or where we had volcano eruptions or hurricanes, and then it was also always isolated. We started to realize that this was not isolated, although it started in China quite rapidly, you know, it, it moved over the globe. First thing that we did was, how do we communicate and build a kind of a, a simple cascade to engage with all our employees with the necessary information? So at an enterprise level, there was J&J response. But then, of course, we needed to ensure that in our global hubs around the globe, that this information landed well. We actually established simple communication and engagement activities to ensure that people had that same rhythm throughout the month or even the week where they were informed about the latest and that they understood where to go for their information needs. In looking to his vast experience, Boss was able to tackle the pandemic as it happened. Like in managing any crisis, however, it takes all parties involved to respond. Boss points to a specific role in Johnson & Johnson or any company that is vital in adapting to change and handling difficult times. It starts with communication. And quite soon, there that art piece of, you know, you being, I think, the change management tool as an individual. We started to engage with our leaders in the, in the organization and not only the senior leaders in hubs like Manila or Tempa or Bogota, but also our middle managers, because we started to realize, and I think that is a common thread, right? When you drive change in an organization, 
your mid-level leaders play a pivotal role because people want to hear from their direct manager what will happen, how they will be supported. So what programs or new systems did Boss implement to help aid the response to COVID? So we started to mobilize, we called it open mic sessions with our leader of global services. Every month we had, or almost every three weeks actually, we had open mic sessions where we brought all those mid-level leaders together, all those people leaders. And one of the key principles was that we do send some information, but the majority of the time, it's like it said, is open mic sessions. So to have conversations where people can express what is concerning them, but also to express and share their feelings and share what they fear the most or what challenges they face and they don't know how to deal with it. One of the first tactics basically was to bring those people leaders together, mobilize them, gave them a safe space, and gave them an opportunity to show their own vulnerability in this very uncertain time because they had to lead their teams. And quite difficult to do that if you don't express your own fears or, or challenges or even your hopes. So that was the first thing we did. I appreciate Boss's view of change management as a blend between the art and science and how Boss and his team were able to implement new models and measures to ensure an easier pivot within the company. I now want to turn to the art side of his approach and ask him about something he once said to me in one of our earlier conversations. Boss said that when you have a clear purpose, your plan will work and people will follow. Another important guiding principle in times of change is that going back to your values again, not only your personal values, but also what are your company's values and how do you connect those two? We used, like I said, those open mic sessions, certainly to engage with our people leaders and talk about it. But we also did a lot of examples that we shared around the world with our colleagues, what J&J is actually doing to live into their purpose but also connect it to your personal purpose to ensure that you have that conversation with your team to show, hey, this is we are offering personal protection equipment to all our Philippine colleagues, for example, and beyond uh, to make that visible to all of our colleagues. The activity is meaningful. And what is equally meaningful is that uh, to your point of purpose, it shows how you can step up as a large enterprise with 140,000 plus employees around the globe and still making an impact on your local communities. And that's in the end where the impact is of this pandemic. People in their day-to-day lives feel the impact of, of COVID. It is in kids being at school, people getting sick around them, or your whole world is upside down in the local community that you live in. So I think it shows how the purpose of J&J is impacting on the ground, day-to-day, people's life, and that we make a difference. And we did it, and that's the connection we made. Global services is actually enabling to, for example, to distribute those PPEs or to build contracts. And another important thing is that in global services, we actually have the contact center where people around the globe have asked their questions about uh, COVID, how they deal with, uh, with it if they got infected. So we were really quite easily uh, leveraging a capability in global services 
for the broader community. And that was not the case pre-COVID. So our purpose was actually the guiding principle of everything that we that we did. If you look to the actions, it was constantly, the credo was constantly the North Star where we made those decisions. And I think that was an important part in how we responded from a change management perspective. The Johnson & Johnson credo, or as Boss says, our North Star, outlines the important values and responsibilities of the company. The first line reads, we believe our first responsibility is to the patients, doctors, and nurses, to mothers and fathers, and all those who use our products and services. At a time such as COVID, I think that responsibility is more important now than ever. So how does such a large corporation like Johnson & Johnson ensure people do not feel lost in such tumultuous times? What does Boss and others in the change management profession field do to aid their organizations and teams at J&J in crisis? Change management is the people side of the change. So you may implement a new tool or a new process or a new culture or new ways of working. And there are, of course, several tactics important to deliver. In the end, uh, you want to ensure that everybody believes in it so that people start to behave in that new way. And that is the, the role of change management in Johnson & Johnson. We do that, I think, again, you know, from an art and a science perspective, the sciences, the playbooks, the steps that you take to get uh, organized. And on the other hand, the art is how do you, those subtle interventions you do with leaders to get them in a certain direction, where you coach a senior leader to ensure that he or she is delivering the right message or get a challenge on the message, that is in a nutshell what change management is in in Johnson & Johnson. And examples of of journeys that we are supporting currently is driving a new contact center for global services, where we build new capabilities in telephony, for example, or in reporting. And that is great. But again, you know, if people don't adopt those new ways of working, that they start to input their data in a certain tool, or that we set up a culture of offering excellent service when they are on the phone with, uh, with employees or customers. That is for us the change management, the people side of change that we are delivering. I think that COVID has really highlighted how imperative the people side of change actually is. Overall, I've seen in not just speaking with Boss, but in some of my previous guests as well, a push towards valuing culture and the people side of business. The pandemic has created an environment in which culture, organizations, and even topics like mental health have bubbled up to the surface over and over again. What I think all these areas have in common is this. We're allowing each other to be human again. While Boss has had years of experience in change management, there were still things that surprised him about how the people of Johnson & Johnson responded to the pandemic. The resilience, I think, of people. It was unbelievable to see how people took the opportunity to start thinking in new ways and adapt to the situation. That was really something that, that, that amazed me. But also, I think, the vulnerability that was there because everybody was in the same a situation around the, the globe. So it, 
Of course, it, it is a terrible situation, but it, it bonds as well. That really, in a positive way, surprised me. And it's, it's actually, and it showed up in different occasions when, like I mentioned earlier, those, those open mic sessions with people leaders where there were quite some emotional stories shared. And it can only happen. It was virtual. It's all virtual, right? And, but still people feel that connection very strongly. So that was something that really amazed me. If I look to more from an organizational perspective, what really inspired me is the flip towards, okay, so we have a crisis. We need to manage it. So we built, of course, a crisis management team. But we also, in parallel, set up a what's next, what's, what's after COVID happening, so that we also started to look forward instead of only managing the crisis of today, but also start to look at, okay, but what will be the post-COVID world look like? And what can we start doing now to get us to that place? We probably cannot predict it, but we can at least start thinking about it. We had three, actually, stages. The first one was, of course, here and now, how do we return to the workplace if possible, right? And it, it will never be from, from zero to 100%. We also start to reprioritize because although I think productivity increases uh, in the virtual environment, it also has a, a challenge that people are full day back-to-back -back in calls and that it's really exhausting and a lot of fatigue and stress it brings. And not only that, people are not managing only their work. They're also managing their private situation with kids or partners that are sick or people they need to take care of. So reprioritization was another element that we, that we did. So is our product portfolio still the portfolio that we need to do today? And is that feasible? But then the last thing what we started to do is started with reimagine. Reimagine that world after COVID. How would it look like? And it's actually from a change management perspective, it was very valuable because I think that is for me the key point in these times of, of big change is perspective. If there is perspective, I think it is so much easier to mobilize people through that journey of ambiguity and uncertainty. If you show them the North Star, I think, or at least help them think about the works, uh, the North Star. I think it gives a lot of positive energy and also a lot of resilience. With the vaccine on the horizon, there have been many talks of what life will look like after the pandemic. Some reports say that COVID has accelerated technology and trends by as fast as 10 years. I wonder, what is just a change that is momentarily here and what is a change that lasts? Boss discusses out of these talks of future, what will stay after COVID and what will go? I think it's accelerated, I think, like a lot of companies' um, adoption of virtual work, right? So having calls through Zoom, etc. We are managing currently, and we, before COVID, I think everybody would have laughed at us, but we are actually doing today 440,000 plus employees a payroll from home, and we already do it for the last 14 months. So that is an amazing accomplishment. We know that we can do it from a technical perspective, but also from a human perspective that we are able to, uh, to do that. Another thing is that our people leaders 
who are so pivotal in change also started to reframe their look at what does it mean to lead a team? And certainly in an organization like Global Services, where we are so virtually connected and more and more virtually connected, what does it mean for my leadership? Do I really need to have all my people around me in the office? Or can I indeed manage global teams? So I think that mindset shift is also uh, accelerated in the past 12 uh, to 14 months, where leaders started to question themselves on their leadership, but also on how can I lead teams in the future? I think a last thing that's really, I think, a conversation that accelerated is around diversity, as we just call it, diversity, equity, and inclusiveness, is being much more thoughtful about what does it mean, inclusiveness, and really understanding where somebody is coming from. You know, if people are not, and it's now very simple, right? People are not switching on their cameras always. So people are much more thoughtful when they say, hey, but why is this individual not turning on their computer? Or why is this person so silent? Or is actually so present? So I think because people are, everybody's in the same spot of that stressful situation, um, that people are much more uh, open and willing to understand how are others doing. And I really, my big wish is that we continue to do that and have those conversations and bring them to the table and just ask each other the question of, you know, why are you not putting on your camera? Not judgmental, but just asking. So I think that's the third thing that I really see happening over the past months is that behavior about all the elements of DE&I. And I hope that that will accelerate as well. Mm, so true. I, I think of the word staying curious, basically, the, the word curiosity. It has prompted us perhaps to, quote unquote, get perspective. Maybe not everything is an assumed narrative because that individual is feeling and probably going through the same human things that you're feeling and going through. So being curious about why people are behaving in certain ways I think, can open us up to a much richer dialogue. So thank you for sharing that. As someone with a lot of experience and even more knowledge after the pandemic, Boss shares with me what businesses can do at this time to not only survive, but thrive and change. I can, of course, only share what my learnings are. I love to learn from others as well. The few things that I have learned um, over the past months and hopefully other organizations can benefit from is those mid-level leaders, people leaders, they are even more important than ever before to ensure that they have a safe space where they can learn from each other, where they can lead their teams virtually and that it's possible, um, but it requires different skills and capabilities. So focus on your mid-level leaders in every change that you see. The second thing is there is so much knowledge in the organization, but in times of crisis, it is very helpful to have a very clear North Star. So you can go into the tactics. We need to, of course, in a crisis, you need to sort things out. But flip it as soon as possible to why are we doing it this way? And how do we want to be remembered after this? Because that gives you your North Star. An organization can have a vision, a mission. You can have a credo or anything else, but having that conversation about um, where do we want to be once this is over 
will give, give energy to go on and brings resilience and it brings a very different conversation uh, in the organization because the technical one is, you know, how do we fix our customer service now that people are at home, which is great. And I think if you can shift it to as a customer service, we want to be there for our customers and let's see what we can do more for our customers and our employees. I think that is, I think, where the true inspiration is and where I think people will find their energy to continue to thrive going forward in this pandemic. And I think last but certainly not least is helping also senior leaders in the organization to give them voices from all over the organization on how people are feeling and not through only surveys, which is, of course, a great data point, but let's have real conversations and let people speak and not, you know, a town hall where we send out messages and say, the pandemic is here. This is how we respond and only show that we need to be strong as senior leaders and, and guide the organization. We do this together. And, and if you do it together, I think you can leverage those strong and rich capabilities and talents from across the organization. Because trust me, deep down in the Manila office, somebody in A2R has a much better solution for how to deal with, with a certain part of the crisis than I have from a 10,000 feet high perspective. So those would be my key three learnings for sure that I want to share. Before we wrap up, Boss offers some final thoughts. I remember well my first connection with our leadership team when it was really obvious that the pandemic was here to stay for a while is that I showed show them one figure about the change curve. You know, we all use it, right? The change curve. But that I showed them that we as senior leaders are probably, you know, we got slowly into this pandemic because we saw it ha- happening in China. And then we started to monitor it. And then we slowly got into this mindset of, oh, but wait a minute, this is serious. So we need to act. And I showed him another change curve overlaying with where is the average employee, for example, in EMEA or in North America at that stage? They're probably at the beginning. So that we understand where each of our stakeholders across the globe are really are. Because in Asia, it was more obvious. While in EMEA, people were thinking, oh, this is typically something that will not come to us. And they were wrong, right? So uh, stepping in the shoes of your audience, show them where they are, and then figure out what is the right intervention to do for this particular stakeholder in this whole journey is one other element that I love to, uh, love to share, which helps us a lot to craft our interventions by different stakeholder groups around the globe. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. And I love also that you make the point about thinking ahead and wondering or answering the question, how do you want to be remembered? And I I think we'll also, we'll probably certainly remember Johnson & Johnson in this pandemic, given the contribution uh, with the vaccine and all the work that went into that. So thank you so much, boss, for joining us today. And just so our listeners might be able to reach out to you if they have more questions. Perhaps you could share a contact information with uh, our audience today. Yeah, absolutely. So please reach out through LinkedIn for sure. That is one of the the easiest way, Bas Zwart, but also uh, through my email uh, is also possible, of course. Wonderful, Bas. Thank you so much. And 
Perhaps uh, if our listeners are tuning in here and they reach out to Boss, they might mention that they heard him on this podcast so that he knows that you're a fan of change management like me. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening and joining our episode of Survive and Thrive. Remember, at Consinity, we empower the conscious leader to realize positive and sustainable change. Until next time, don't just survive, thrive. Take care.